0: Welcome to the Coventry Vineyard podcast, wherever and whenever you're listening, we hope you're blessed by this message. If you want to find out more about our church or speak with someone about Jesus, head to coventryvineyard.org. Well, good morning, everybody. I wonder if you can think back through your life Are there really significant moments in your life where something happened that changed everything? When I think of things like that, I think about the first time I met Jude. It was on um, the moors in Yorkshire. We'd gone abseiling with some friends and that's when I first met her. Everything changed after that. Might be the birth um, of children as I mentioned earlier, we've got three kids. Those were significant moments in my life when I think back, that changed everything. Another significant moment in my life is when I went to see Kylie Minogue in concert and she ignored the other 10,000 people and just sang I Should Be So Lucky, looking just at me. You know, significant moments. But one of the most significant moments in the life of Jude and myself, and of our kids, is the first time that we walked into Coventry Vineyard. We, everything changed for that, as for us after that. As many people talk about when they join Vineyard, it felt like coming home. And that's not because we have been in bad churches before. we have been in some great churches. Um, but we found in Vineyard a way of doing church, a way of encountering God that we hadn't encountered anywhere else. And that felt like that was where God has planted us, and it changed everything. And we are so, so grateful for that. I've already said thank you to some of the kids uh, team who have been responsible for helping bring our kids back but part of our journey has been informed by what's happened at Coventry Vineyard I'll give you one example of that when we joined our first life group I discovered how to pray now that might seem strange I'd been a Christian for 20 odd years by that point But when I went to a life group, and there were people in that life group like Nick Temple and Zia and Nathan, and I spent time with them, and as you probably do in your life groups, towards the end when you got together for prayer, I discovered a group of people who didn't just pray good intentions, but prayed Holy Spirit inspired prayers and prayed for the Holy Spirit to come an impact on people's lives and on my life. And I I didn't know how to pray like that. I discovered that in a Coventry Vineyard life group. And so um, it entered a really important stage in our journey of faith. Without that, we wouldn't have been able to go on the journey that took us to moving over to Cambridge from here. But probably the most significant part of that was being able to spend time under Nick and Vicky. Now, I'm sure I don't need to tell you that, but I'm going to tell you that, that these are two wonderful leaders. And the 12 years that we spent here, we learned so much from them as followers of Jesus, but also as leaders in a church that meant when they sent us out... To go and take over the Cambridge Church, we at least had some idea of what we were doing, not too much because but you know we had been well trained under them as to how to partner with God in leading a church, and we are so 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 grateful for that that we had been formed in coventry vineyard i nearly said cambridge vineyard then if you get bored at any point count the number of times that i say cambridge when i mean coventry or coventry when i mean cambridge and you can tell me afterwards because i i, I will do it lots now we had been formed by our time here both as followers of jesus and as leaders We had been formed as disciples. And disciples is what we are called to be. If you call yourself a Christian, a follower of Jesus, then we are called to be a disciple. And the best word for disciple that it translates is really apprentice. You know, so we we have apprentices in work, Well, as a disciple, we are apprentices of Jesus. We spend time with him, learning to do what he does and be like him. It's different to just being a believer. A believer believes certain stuff about Jesus, but a disciple puts that into practice. A disciple is someone who has taken up Jesus' invitation to be with him, live life with him, learning to be and do as Jesus would do, as if he were living our life with our characteristics, our strengths and weaknesses. And that is God's purpose for each follower of Jesus, that that transformation takes place. And we call that transformation spiritual formation. That's simply what that word is. Um, and as Nick said, you've been going through a series based on the book uh, *Invitation to a Journey* by Mulholland, um, and he bases essentially that whole book on this passage—or actually these lines from um, from Romans, where Paul says that God's plan always has been to shape the lives of those who love Him along the same lines as the life of his son that is God's purpose to shape us to be like Jesus and so if you've been to any of these series I'm going to guess Nick will have told you um, Mulholland's definition of spiritual formation he calls it the process of being conformed in the image of Christ for the sake of others It's the process of living life with Jesus, taking on his habits and his ways. Often we call those habits and ways spiritual practices or spiritual disciplines. We take those on board, things like prayer and reading the Bible Um, So that we can partner with God in this process of being formed, of becoming like Jesus. So we be like Jesus and we do like Jesus. And the thing that I want to talk to you about is that the best place for that process of spiritual formation to take place is in a church. Because, if you remember one thing about what I said this morning, remember this. So, spiritual formation is not a solo activity. And the problem is that too many of us treat it as if it is. Or even worse, that spiritual formation is just like an optional part for a follower of Jesus. People say, oh, well, I believe that Jesus is the Son of God. I believe that he died for me. Isn't that enough? No, <laughs> it's, it's not. Jesus didn't call his disciples just to believe some stuff about him. Jesus called his disciples to follow him, to learn to be like him and do the stuff that he did. We get the privilege of speaking the good news of Jesus and demonstrating the good news of Jesus um, in practical and supernatural ways and God equips us to do that he forms us to do that now i'm going to i'm going to do a test here now let's see if you know the answer to this question who's nick's favorite author who does he quote most Dallas Willard correct that's because I think it's illegal for a vineyard preacher not to quote Dallas Willard Tom Wright or John Wimber I think we get fired if we don't do that in every sermon um Dallas Willard um and the reason Nick and I quote him is because when it comes to the matter of spiritual formation he's about the most expert guy there is that's why we quote him And he says this about the church. He says the greatest issue facing the world today with all its heartbreaking needs is whether those who by professional culture are identified as Christians will become disciples, students, apprentices, practitioners of Jesus Christ. Steadily learning from him how to live the life of the kingdom of the heavens into every corner of human existence. What Willard there is talking about is that process of spiritual formation, being formed to be like Jesus. It's not an option for Christians. And the best place for that to happen is in community because spiritual formation is not a solo activity. Yet all too often we treat it as if it is. And I'm not just talking about being in church on a Sunday morning. I recognise as a pastor it can sound like, or oh, Mark's cracking the whip saying, come on, you should be in church on Sunday. Well, I'm talking about doing life in community with each other. It's a bit like this. Now, I'm no gardener. It's not really something that I'm very good at. But I do know this, that if you want something to grow, plant it in good soil. Don't plant it in rocky soil. Don't plant it on concrete. Well, community, Christian community, is the most fertile soil for spiritual formation. That's the way God planned it, and that's the way he instructed us to be. How do I know this? Well, because I read my Bible, (laughs) and that's what it says time and time again, and I want to show you just one part of it. If you've got Bibles with you, switch them on, Or open them up, whatever your preference is. And we're going to go to Paul's letter to the church in Ephesus, Ephesians chapter 4. I'm going to read 11 to 16. If you haven't got a Bible, I shall stick it up on my slide. So this is Paul writing to a bunch of Christians, followers of Jesus, disciples in a church a bit like us. And this is what he says. So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors and teachers to equip his people for works of service. So that the body of Christ might be built up until we all reach unity in faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Then will no longer be influence, Im- infants tossed back and forth by the waves, blown here and there by every wind of teaching, by the cunning and craftiness of people in their defeat- deceitful scheming. Instead, speaking the truth in love, and he means there speaking the truth in love to each other, I don't know if there's a time in your life when someone has said to you, oh, just grow up, or don't be a baby. I think it's normally meant as an insult, but that's what Paul is saying to the church here at Ephesus, and what he's saying to us here. Paul is saying to those younger disciples, his desire and God's desire is that we don't stay baby or infant followers of Jesus, but that we grow up. That is the journey of spiritual formation. And it takes a lifetime, but we don't have to wait. Some aspects of maturity God can bring to us fairly swiftly if we're prepared to partner with him. Paul tells us how important that is and also how it happens. It's important because without that maturity, we are all too easily influenced away from God. Paul uses three pieces of imagery. He talks about being infants and that helplessness of a baby. He talks about um, a boat being tossed about on the waves about being out of control, no direction. And he talks about being tricked by crafty and scheming people and says, all of those things are a danger if we aren't partnering with God on this journey of spiritual formation. And he goes on to say, the best place for that is to do that in community. With others. You see, the world is full of people who will try and distract you from becoming mature, from receiving the full measure of what God has had for you. Some of those people even may be Christians in churches. People will try and separate you from your family of faith and say, you don't need that. You're all right on your own. It's just about you and God. Paul tells us that the result of listening to those voices is that we are like rudderless boats, blown about, helpless, against wind and wave. And it's not just people. There are plenty of things in life that can distract you and say, do you know what, there are better things to be doing with my time than being with my family of faith. You know, we're all busy people, and it's very easy to start spending our time doing stuff, often very good stuff, that separates us from our family of faith and our primary place of being formed in the image of Jesus. So unless we decide that this process of being formed in the image of Jesus is that important, it won't happen. God's invitation to each one of us is to be in community and allow God to use uh, each of us to play a part in the spiritual formation of the others. That way we grow to be the mature disciples and human beings that God created us to be. And the good news is we know what that looks like. Jesus. Jesus on earth came to show us what that life and life in all its fullness, as Jesus said it is, looks like. And so it's not a secret. We get to see through the Bible, through learning that, what it is to live life like Jesus and to do the stuff that he says. It is that important, and we must not rest from prioritizing that. Being in community and playing our part in our own formation, but also that of our brothers and sisters. We must put aside anything that gets in the way of that. And when we do that, Paul tells us what happens. If you look at verses 15 and 16. Instead, when we speak the truth in love to each other, which I think essentially just means doing life together, following Jesus... When that happens, we will grow in every aspect to be the mature body of him who is head that is Jesus. That's Paul's way of saying, you get to be like Jesus. From him, the whole body joined together and held together by every supporting ligament grows and builds itself up in love. So we get to reach the point where we're mature enough to know who God is and who we are, what he says about us. And when we know those two things, when we are sure who God is and who he says we are, his precious sons and daughters, then we don't get knocked about by what life throws at us. That's not saying that it's easy when um, difficult stuff comes. But because we are reaching towards that maturity, God gives us what we need to shout for joy from the mountains of life and to get through the valleys of life. And we do that together as the body of Christ supporting each other, speaking the truth in love. And that doesn't just mean pointing out the things that are wrong with everyone else, although doing that in love is part of the process of formation. But when Paul talks about speaking the truth in love, he means encouraging each other, lifting each other up, saying, do you know what? I see this in you. So an example of this is what I'm going to do now with Nadine. Um, because Nadine, when I left um, Coventry Vineyard, I don't think it was too long that you'd been leading worship. You took a little bit of encouraging to make that leap, didn't you? <laughs> it was a slow process. Yeah, I walk in here this morning. Who was in charge this morning? Yeah, okay. Yeah, pull me up on that one, that's fine. Yeah, but to see the confidence that God has put in you, and you stepping into the full maturity that he's called you to, using the gifts that he's doing. it's been one of my favourite things to see this morning. And that's happened in my absence, but with you being formed in community to be more like Jesus and to use the gifts that he's given you. That's spiritual formation in community. It is a wonderful thing to behold spiritual formation is not a solo activity if we look at verse 16 again where are we there we go from him jesus the whole body is joined and held together by every supporting ligament grows and builds itself up in love as each part does his work. Now, I don't know how good you are at biology. I know you are, Mr. Biology teacher or ex-biology teacher. But I don't know whether you know what a ligament does. A ligament connects bone to bone and it holds it all in place. They strengthen and support joints if you don't have good functioning ligaments, then the body doesn't work. If you're into football, you'd have heard of ACL injuries, which is anterior crucerant ligament, and Rooney and Beckham and all these people missed World Cups because of that. Um, I personally have experience of what happens when ligaments don't work in the body. And those who are around in Coventry Vineyard have experience of the impact of my ligaments not working. Because this knee here used to dislocate a lot because the ligaments don't work. And one time, um, I was just about to start uh, leading worship at Coventry Vineyard when this knee dislocated. And some of you people were there to experience what happened. Um, and the um, screaming um, that happened until the ambulance got here with the morphine um, in it. So you saw the impact that ligaments not working had on me, but also the wider body. Um, Fortunately, the wider body leapt into action, and I think it was Vicky's brother who jumped into to lead worship was he over here to preach at the time and I think he just jumped in and everyone else helped carry me down the stairs and went out to the ambulance see I don't know if you've ever been called a ligament before but that's what Paul says here we are each ligaments in the body of Christ and for things to work as they should, for spiritual formation, for us to become like Jesus, we each need to play our part. Spiritual formation is not a salo activity. And in his book, Invitation to a Journey, Moholland tells the story of the great preacher and evangelist from the 19th century, Dwight L. Moody. Um, Moody was visiting a man who'd come to one of his evangelistic meetings. And he went into his house, the man showed him into the front room, there was a lovely burning fire going on there. Um, and this man uh, proceeded to argue with Moody and tell him that you didn't need to be part of a church in order to be a Christian. Moody just let him speak and rant. And while he was doing that, he got the tongs, reached into the fire, bore out a bright orange coal, and just put it by the side and let the man carry on talking. As the coal gradually went from bright orange to a dim yellow to black, Moody turned and looked at the man, the man looked at the coal back at Moody and said, Mr. Moody, you've made your point. (laughs) We can no longer, we can no more be formed in the image of Jesus outside of a Christian community than a coal can continue to burn bright outside of a fire. Yet, all too often, we don't make that a priority in our lives. We allow other things to get in the way. You see, that process of being formed in community is only going to happen if we are intentional about it. Community doesn't happen by accident, it needs to be intentional, it needs to be a priority in our lives. That's a choice we have to make. If you want to be formed to be like Jesus, to be equipped to do the things like Jesus, you have to prioritize community in life. We know how important that is for us. As I said at the start, Jude and I would not be over in Cambridge leading Cambridge Vineyard Church without the formation that has taken place within the Christian church as a whole, but particularly within Coventry Vineyard. And that really brought home to me the other day. I was um, speaking on the phone to Zeke. Now, Zeke leads DTI, which is Vineyard um, Youth Camp, Dreaming the Impossible. Um, And he phoned up to see if we were sending any of our youth to DTI this year. And while we were chatting, he was saying he was about to have his first baby. Uh, and he knew um, that we had three kids who had been through DTI because I'd been thanking him for the formation that had gone on in our kids through DTI. Um, and then he said, right, well, I'm about to have a baby, Mark. Um, what's your one piece of advice for me as a parent? I was like, oh, great, no pressure then. What's my one piece of advice? I said to him... You know, we've got three kids, and they are all following Jesus. And I don't really know (laughs) what it is that we've done. We're just profoundly grateful for that. We don't count that lightly. But when I thought, well, what is it? How have we partnered with God in their formation? We prioritised community for our kids, for Christian community. We made sure... But they got to church, to youth groups. In fact, one of the reasons we moved to Coventry Vineyard is because of the youth group. Technically, Alex was a year too young, but Pete and Jack allowed him to sneak in um, uh, into their youth group a year early. Um, We prioritised getting our kids to youth groups, to DTI, to Vineyard's Youth Worship School, to stuff like that. Um, that took sacrifice on our part Um, some of our kids played sport to a reasonably high level and often that took place on a Sunday morning and we had to wrestle with God should we encourage them, allow them to do that or should we say no you need to be in church well actually we allowed them to do that And actually, we paid the price of one week, Jude would be in church and I'd be on the sports field and vice versa. But we said to our kids, you can do that if you'll then prioritise making sure that you do church, that you are in community other times, whether that's an evening service or a youth group. We made sure that whether it was youth worship down in London or DTI that we got, our kids there. That can be costly to do that. But I think that's one of the ways that we partner with God to help our kids grow up to love and serve Jesus. Spiritual formation done in community is costly. It's much easier to just do your own thing and to let others do their own thing allowing God to use other people to form us is costly we have to be open and honest and vulnerable with each other that can be hard but if you want to grow it into the fullness the maturity of what God has for you it is the only way and so, as i finish, finished, let me suggest three ways, practically, that you can partner with God in your spiritual formation and the spiritual formation of your brothers and sisters. Now, first one is come together. And by that, I mean make that a priority. Now, I'm not just talking about Sunday mornings here. You know, things like your life groups and your journey groups that provide that formal way of being together. But it's also that desire, that intention of just being together and doing life together. Nick and Vicky mentioned we're going down for lunch afterwards. You know, we'd love to see some of you down there. It's about doing life together and saying, I'm going to choose to do that. I could be at other things. I could be at the car boot, or I could be at this, or I could be at that. But I'm going to choose as much as I can to prioritise being together. A second way is when you come together, choose to come together to give to other people as well as receive. Now, that sounds simple. But I wonder, as you journeyed here this morning, whether it's foremost in your mind, I wonder what God's given me today to encourage my brothers and sisters. Or was it, I wonder what I'm going to get out of church this morning. Will I like the worship? Will it be too noisy for me? Will there be some boring broke in a beard droning on and on about spiritual formation? We were really blessed just before lockdown to have Jackie Pullinger come and do some teaching uh, in Cambridge. If you don't know Jackie Pullinger, um, she was a, as a young lady in the 60s. God called her to go and work in Hong Kong um, with drug addicts, delivering drug addicts um, from their addiction through prayer. Um, and who's continued to use her for many, many years, particularly um, in uh, both using and teaching about the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Uh, and so she, it was a real privilege to have her come over. Um, and there are certain things that stick in my mind from that teaching. One of the things Jackie said is, whenever you get together, whether it's formally or informally, With your brothers and sisters on your way there pray that prayer god what are you giving me today to build up and encourage my brothers and sisters i think that is transformational if every single one of us came to whatever gathering it is with that i think we will be blown away with what God can do. I think we would see that process of maturity multiplied, sped up in an amazing way. Come together to give. Make that your prayer. Lord, what are you giving me today to encourage my brothers and sisters? And lastly, along the same lines, pray for each other. Make that your regular habit. We're told many, many times throughout, particularly the New Testament, to pray for each other. Just a little couple of chapters on in Ephesians 6, Paul says, and pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With that in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for the Lord's people. Always keep on praying for the Lord's people. And I cannot emphasize that enough. Let's be a community that prays for each other. If you like, I'll commit to praying for you guys in Coventry, if you pray for us over in Cambridge. But pray for each other. Pray for each other's spiritual formation, that we would all be formed to more be more like Jesus and to be able to do the things like Jesus did. As ligaments in the body of Christ, you matter. You are important in each other's spiritual formation. You make a difference. And so I'll leave you with the words of Saint Aretha, who says this, You need me and I need you without each other. There ain't nothing we can do. If you haven't come across that before, watch the film The Blues Brothers. It'll all make sense. Paul says, let's be those ligaments who take our place in the community of faith in the body of Christ. Under our head, Jesus, that we might become like him and encourage and inspire each other on in that. Thanks for tuning in today. We would love to connect with you on a Sunday morning soon. Bless you and have a great week.